0: Subscribe to the Hit That Line podcast network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas
1: operated. pascal.com
2: Welcome to another sit-down episode of Hit That Line at ESPN Arkansas. My name is Tyler Glasscock and I'm here with Christian Johnston and today... NFL season is getting closer and closer by the second. We have a whole slate of preseason games this weekend. We have two games tonight, six games Friday and Saturday, and two games on Sunday. There is so much to be excited about. Training camp clips are coming in like a wildfire. So much news to talk about, and we're going to cover it today. We're going to start off with Dak and the boys once again, as we talked about last time. And we're going to also speak about some, some specific Analysts known as uh, LaShawn Shady McCoy and the things he's been saying. And then we're going to also talk about some plays we're excited about, a little bit of fantasy football, and some season expectations for not just the Cowboys, but for the entire association going into the 2023-2024 season. Christian, what's up, brother?
3: What's up, man? Good to have you on again. And of course, as Tyler just mentioned, the Dallas Cowboys, we can talk about them. There's there's enough material on the Cowboys to last our lifetimes and every season it's the same thing. Dak, is he going to be able to perform? Is he going to choke under pressure? You know, this Super Bowl is this a Super Bowl caliber team? Is Dak a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? And up until this point, it's got to be the answer's got to be no. Uh, but that doesn't mean there, you can't be optimistic heading into this season. I think most Cowboy fans like to see the bright side of things, especially when the new season rolls around, you start to, you know, get the football blues. You start to find reasons to believe. And I think there's a lot of reasons outside of Dak Prescott. He's got a good supporting cast, um... Most of the time, he has had a good supporting cast and just hasn't been able to break through that wall. We've talked about their defense last year, obviously a Super Bowl-caliber defense, and they've added to that this season with Stephon Gilmore. And offensively, they added Brandon Cooks, who I think is a great deep threat, a great addition to an already good receiving core. Now the question is, is Dak going to – take the next step, and you really just don't know uh, until the season rolls along. How's the new offensive scheme going to uh, work under him? Is he going to thrive under it, or will we see more of this hesitant hesitant Dak Prescott making boneheaded mistakes and kind of folding under pressure, Tyler? Uh, LaShawn McCoy, however, we'll kind of tie this in with Dak. LaShawn McCoy Initially, didn't seem to be a believer in Dak Prescott. You know, he, he's a former Eagle. I uh, can't really blame the guy for not for having some uh, ill feelings toward the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. But it just seemed kind of out of place for him to make those comments.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He and Emmanuel H.O. have been speaking on their show for a, a few days now, and they have really just been bashing Dak and the boys, and they've really just been looking. At the negatives of training camp, I'll go ahead and say it for myself. Dax, touchdown to interception ratio for training camp, as I know right now, is 52-7. to Mm -hmm. So, if you're any quarterback, you're excited. If you're a fan, you're excited about that ratio and the way he's performing in this camp. But... I've seen more mainstream media post a few seven interceptions compared to the 52. I've been able to see insiders posting Dak's connection to CeeDee Lamb, to Brandon Cooks, and even guys who are showing up. Um, Jalen Tolbert and then um, Jalen Brooks is shining in training camp. I mean, Michael Gallup is starting to look like a healthy Michael Gallup again. So, obviously, Dak is having a great connection with his receivers and what he's been building chemistry with all this training camp. But the mainstream media is only looking at the negative. And I think when you got the star on your helmet, you're going to be a victim to the the criticism. And that's what Dak is facing right now.
3: It just comes with the territory, man. Ever since the 90s, Dallas has been the most hated team in the NFL and maybe arguably in sports. And their inability to get it done and win that Super Bowl – that they have desperately been trying to win since 1995. I think that's just added to the fuel. And but even back when Tony Romo was quarterback, he got the same kind of hate Dak's getting now. I mean, the guy put up great numbers. Dak puts up great numbers. But it doesn't equal postseason success for some reason. And, you know, is winning a Super Bowl easy? No, it's not. But like I mentioned in our last show, with being a Dallas Cowboy, there's certain expectations of you. If you're the Cowboy if you're the Dallas Cowboy quarterback, there's just different expectations. You've got a lot of weight on your shoulders. And just because you're the Cowboys quarterback doesn't necessarily mean you're the best quarterback in the NFL, but we just expect that quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys to be able to, you know be elite and be able to get them to that Super Bowl. And it just hasn't happened. So, LaShawn McCoy's comments aren't necessarily wrong, but it's just – it it does kind of seem like there was some, you know, underlying motive there between – I mean, he was obviously a Philadelphia Eagle they're typically not going to like any of the Cowboys players, but it just seemed. What were your What were your thoughts on that?
2: Well, like I said, I feel like that they've really stepped out of place. I'll use a quote from Travis Kelsey. He said this after the AFC Championship to the Cincinnati Mayor: "Know your role and shut your mouth, yeah. you big jabroni." And that's honestly, I understand when you're in mainstream sports media, you have a voice, mm-hmm. but you don't abuse it. I think there there definitely can be a line, but. It's his take. I'm not going to tell him he's wrong for his take, and I'm not going to tell him that he should stop saying it. But I also do have an opinion on the fact that he's been dissing Dak and the boys for a few days now and goes into Oxnard training camp. Yeah. Goes in and does a photo op and then leaves and proceeds to praise the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> on Twitter, he said that this team was good. He said that this team had was a top three roster in the NFL and was seen interviewing, talking about how, oh, I love some of the guys on the roster. I love Jerry Jones. Like, dude.
3: Is he a fake hater? Is he one of the steep... Is he like a Stephen A. Smith?
2: I don't know. But pick a side. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to hate the Cowboys, just hate them. Like... That's what that's the Cowboys get a lot of hate, but we don't. It's just hard to take media seriously, especially analysts, with a personal opinion when they are saying one thing one day and switching their opinion the next.
3: I mean, there's no denying. <laughs> I mean, just about anybody who knows football, and LaShawn McCoy is somebody who should know football, knows that the Cowboys are a good team. That's not the issue. The issue is. Are they mentally where they need to be as a organization and as a team? Now, football is a lot of – a lot of it is skill, but it's a lot mental, too. A lot of – there's a mental aspect to the game. And I think Dak's a leader. He's proven he's a leader. Definitely off the field and on the field as well. But even leaders aren't perfect. Nope. Name me a quarterback – I mean Tom Brady was the closest to being a perfect quarterback and he you know he he's got the Super Bowl rings to back that up but it, he was hard on his guys he was and that's a good point that you made just then because if there's one thing I can say if there's a one huge red flag about Dak it's it's almost like he's not hard enough
2: I could see that, but Dak likes to build relationship with these guys, right. not just as a vocal, physical relationship on the sidelines, but he likes to treat them like brothers. As uh, For example, I mean, Trayvon Diggs and Dak got into it at practice a few mm-hmm. days ago where they were just going back and forth. Trayvon Diggs and the defense were having a great day, and Trayvon said some words that we can't say on here, and then everyone on mainstream media was talking, oh, Trayvon Diggs and the defense—they don't respect Dak Prescott. You know, Dak Prescott's not a leader. Uh, Eagles fans were really passionate on like, oh, that would never do that to Jalen Hurts. But and then the the day after, they both go on an interview and they t- they both openly spoke about how there was no intimacy, like anger behind it. There was no motives. Like they were just. Two dudes who play opposite sides of the field going at each other and talking trash. Right. They both preached about how they're brothers, right. they love each other, like it's, well, it is what it is.
3: Well, you can be a brother or respect somebody and also, you know, get on them when they need it. Absolutely. And I think as a quarterback, you have got to have certain qualities about you being able to Put your feelings aside, if you're even if you're friends, and just you know, if if somebody's messing up, you've got to light into them. Show them that you lead by example. And Tom Brady was the best at that. He, you know, he. I'm not saying Tom Brady didn't you know want to have a good relationship with his teammates, but he also wasn't afraid. He was not afraid to let them know what they're doing wrong, and he's got the Super Bowl wins to show for it. I, I think if Dak Prescott wants to Win a Super Bowl and prove all the haters wrong. He has got to stop trying to be friends with everybody. Troy Aikman, for example. Now, does he strike you as somebody who wants to be friends with everybody? He he strikes me as somebody who wants to win, yeah. And he doesn't care who you know who he offends. And he's got three Super Bowl rings to show for it. That that, that Cowboys team, we need some of that back in the Big D. We need some aggression and i know the game of football has changed but come on now when you're the dallas cowboys lo- there's only so much losing you should be able to put up with and 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 like i said it probably starts at the top with jerry jones but i'm almost kind of over that he, jerry jones is what 80 something it's not going to his his way of thinking is not just going to change overnight that's not how that
2: works I mean, Jerry Jones is looking at the, kipping, the kicking competition that's going on in training camp right now. And as fans, we're looking at that, and we are scared for our lives. Oh, yeah. Didn't we just cut our kicker? We just cut Maher. I mean, we had Dan Bailey. We had Kai Forbath. Oh, so gosh. the kicking issues have been going on for, gosh, for years now. And we have two kickers oh, who are actively struggling in training that's camp. What,
3: that's what I was referring to. We've, we've got kickers now who's who are still messing up in training camp and you know you say that about Maher that's an interesting point as well because Maher before that game against Tampa Bay last year
2: he was he had a great season
3: he had a great season he's had great seasons in the past and it's like a mental thing with kickers they miss two or three uh, extra points or a field goal or two or three and it's like They can't recover from it. Right. And he he obviously didn't recover from it in that game.
2: And I don't know if he ever will recover from it. Yeah. The Cowboys are a Super Bowl – are a team with Super Bowl hopes. And as the owner of a team who has Super Bowl aspirations, you should not be having kicking issues by any means.
3: You've got to have a great field goal kicker. I mean, points are at a premium. You can't leave three points out there in the NFL. A lot of games come down to a touchdown and – a field goal a lot of times. You just can't have that. You've got to have a good kicker. You can't have a glaring weakness if you want to win a Super Bowl. And
2: that's the Cowboys' glaring weakness right now is the kicking room. It's struggling in Without a doubt.
3: Without a doubt, it's the glaring weakness
2: right now. And there's kickers available on the market. Specifically, Robbie Gold is still available. Mm -hmm. Like, that dude is automatic. Like, if can't happen. You need to go sign a kicker. You need to you need to have one. And as a team with Super Bowl aspirations, a kicker is not something that you should be worrying about. No. You've got to have all your ducks in a
3: row. Jerry Jones, you know, he, he's done some good things. Like Micah Parsons, for example. That was Absolutely. a great, great pickup. But everything's got to flow. You can't have a glaring weakness, like I just said. And it, it just seems like... You've you've got to get the kicking game figured out, and then the rest should be able to fall into place. I'm excited for this season. I don't really necessarily think we're going to win the Super Bowl, but do I know in the back of my mind that the Dallas Cowboys should be in the Super Bowl just about every year with the team they have? Of course. I mean, people say it's unrealistic, but Cowboy fans for the most part know – know the tradition they know what they have on their team and there's no reason going into this season why the cowboys shouldn't be in the talks for a super bowl i just i just don't i mean you can talk about dak all you want say he's not good whatever the guy's proven he can win amen it's just things haven't fell his way
2: this team last year had a 12 win season with obvious Struggles, but specifically the wide receiver room and the cornerback room. Not named Trayvon Diggs, and then they upgrade at that. So let's let's put, pan on to our next segment. Who who's someone that you have your eyes on, Christian? Just someone that yeah. the Cowboys have acquired or have had before that you are just stand out excited to watch next season. Well,
3: I do like the the addition on defense to Fon Gilmore. Yes, I really do sir. because listen. We know how good Trayvon Diggs is, but he can't cover everybody, and he's still a young player. In some ways, he's still got he's still got a lot to learn. Very gifted athlete. Stephon Gilmore's a veteran. He's he's somebody who should know all the tricks, and he's got the athleticism to back it up. Obviously, in the NFL, so I'm excited about that. That does improve your defense. I feel like. He's not somebody that people are just going to pick on. So you've got two lockdown corners for the most part. That's a great thing to have on your team and pair that with Micah Parsons, who can get after the quarterback. And I've mentioned Brandon Cooks, but I'm going to actually talk about a player or two that's already on our team and I'm expecting to make a pretty big leap this year. We know Tony Pollard ended the season last year with an injury. Tony Pollard. I think, is just as important as anybody on this team because you can argue that the running back position has kind of lost its value in the NFL. But I'll tell you, it's still still an important position. You've got to be able to run the football.
2: And Tony Pollard runs the football.
3: Yes. Now, is he some physical guy that's going to run over people and all that? No, but he's a guy that can take it to the house, on any given play. On it, yeah, you're exactly right. Any play he can take to the house. So it's good to have
2: that. And we've obviously got Deuce Vaughn, who I think is going to be a pretty good running back, at least a backup running back. He's done well in training camp. He, he has. He's shown how he, elusive he can be, especially as a pass catching mm-hmm. back. And he's quick. And who knows? The Cowboys still might sign Ezekiel Elliott again to a, a smaller contract.
3: And if you think about those two players, they don't jump off the screen as far as size. But I've, what I've come to notice in the NFL, it's not as much about running backs that can run over people. You know, you think about some good running backs in the past that could just absolutely run over people. Sean Alexander and the bus is who comes who comes to mind. There's a couple of them. Uh, but Zeke Elliott he kind of turned into i don't i don't want to say lazy but he kind of turned into a guy a guy that was just he didn't have the explosiveness that we once saw that's exactly what i was going to say and it he just wasn't getting it done i mean he just wasn't
2: for what he did he can provide his services to an nfl team because in the nfl i think i'm very passionate on this take you need a running back tandem that can do two different things. And that's why the Cowboys run game was so good last year. Ezekiel Ellie was able to be a grounded pound back who could get you three yards if you needed it. And then Tony Pollard was gone at the, at the first glimpse of daylight he had. And both of them are great as, as past catching backs. Zeke is a very underrated blocker as a back. And I think that's why the Cowboys run game was so good last year is because mm-hmm. you had both of those guys who both had their own different skill sets and both were able to provide their services as needed. And it was great. And the only big thing about I have to complain is, is obviously Zeke Elliott was on a much bigger contract for what he was doing. Yes. And we were paying him what 15, 16 million somewhere around there. His services weren't worth that much, but no. if you're going to bring him back on a minimum deal and put him as the RB two role where Pollard can catch breathers, Zeke can go ground and pound. And if Zeke has a glimpse of daylight, he's not going to, no. To not get it. Like he, he had a handful of plays last year where he was able to get big chunk plays.
3: That's the thing though. You've got to be able to make people miss and all that. You can't just break it out whenever there's a huge hole. And I think Tony Pollard's a lot better than Zeke at is at that. Yeah. Zeke maybe early in his career could make plays, but Later in his career, you just—he just he just wasn't – the hunger wasn't there. He didn't look like he had anything to prove. And you mentioned the contract. I really do think when players get paid a bunch of money, they just – I don't know that they just get lazy or what it is, but the, the drive to get better isn't there. And I think Tony Pollard, he's very valuable to this team. And I really hope that – He takes that next step because, man, he he was good last year when he got carries. He was really great. And one more player I'll talk about, Michael Gallup. We know how good he is. The question is, can he stay healthy? The guy's incredible. I mean, the athleticism he has is just incredible. He's a very talented receiver. And obviously, C.D. Lamb. So there's so much to be excited about for Dallas. I'm excited for the season. And we mentioned last show, if this is the year, if there is a year to do it, it's this year, especially in the NFC, with
2: seemingly all of the good quarterbacks being in the AFC this year. Right. I mean, compared to both conferences... The NFC is there as you said, there is no cakewalk in the playoffs, but there definitely is a advantage in the NFC compared to the AFC. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are great teams. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, obviously those are the two that come in mind. But if you're in the playoffs, you're not there for no reason. You're a good football team. The NFC East is is arguably the best division in football, behind the AFC North at least. And it definitely is a easier path to the playoffs in the NFC versus the AFC.
3: And all the quarterbacks that used to get, used to be a thorn in Dallas's side, Aaron Rodgers who's now on the Jets, you know, Tom Brady maybe not so much in the playoffs, obviously the Cowboys beat him last year, but you're glad to see him retire. I mean, there's just really nobody in the NFC, I mean, obviously Russell Wilson's on the Broncos, so there's just not a lot of quarterbacks in the NFC that make you think, wow, I don't think Dak can match up with him. Yeah, And obviously, in the AFC, that's a different story. We're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and try to give our opinions on if if they can repeat because we know how hard it is to repeat. But I also know if you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got a a pretty good chance. You've got a pretty good chance to, to win a Super Bowl. So we're going to talk about that coming up.
1: During the summer months, I know many of you are active, going to the lake, going to the beach. And if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and you can get 50% off your order right now using the code... HTL fifty. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL fifty and get fifty percent off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over thirty four weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right. With Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL 50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL 50 and get 50% off. McCarty Daniel,
0: a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
1: your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit.
0: Bet online, where the game starts. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this, lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait, call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service, Haskell Air, Plumbing and Electric.
3: I talked about my exciting players, players I'm excited to see, playing for the Cowboys. What about you? I'll
2: start it off. The lion is always hungry. Micah Parsons, 1-1. One, one. That dude is a freak of nature. Everyone knows it. And in training camp, he's only looking better than he was last season, which is terrifying because he was amazing mm-hmm. last season. And if he gets better, if you're an opposing O-line, you have got to be scared out of your boots. The dude is literally throwing offensive linemen in camp. He's giving Tyron Smith, a first ballot Hall of Famer, work in training camp. And Micah is supposedly adding more muscle weight to play DE full time. Holy crap, like how much better can the dude get? So, I mean, it's as simple as that. Micah Parsons is going to be a guy who I think can win defensive player of the year. I mean, he was a candidate last year. He was a finalist last year. And Nick Bosa obviously had a had a great season. And he much much deserving of that award. But I think Micah Parsons could have DPOY on lock this year if he only improves from what he did last year. And for the offense, I got CeeDee Lamb. I think with the addition of Brandon Cooks, I think CeeDee Lamb is actually only going to get better because we know Brandon Cooks is a very speedy receiver. And CeeDee Lamb is going to only thrive off of that. And now with the offensive scheme is going to be changed, it's in his favor so much. He has seen very minimal deep ball mm-hmm. targets. And when he did get those, he got them and he yeah. didn't look back.
3: I mean, C.D. Lamb is incredible. It Just at times, he, he almost seems like he's kind of just going through the motions. And even when he's going through the motions... He's still pretty dang good.
2: Yeah, and he's very flexible. He's a very versatile receiver. Not a lot of people talk about his ability to make catches in traffic, Mm -hmm. but he showed that throughout the course of the season last year, and it was very impressive. He's very flexible. He's very physical when he's able to go up on a 50-50 ball and make plays. CeeDee Lamb is going to be just – he's only going to get better. He's going into his – his fifth, his fourth or fifth season, mm-hmm. I think a fourth because Trayvon Diggs and him were in the same class. So he's going into his fourth year. I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, how can you not be excited about CeeDee Lamb? And with a
3: guy like CeeDee Lamb on offense, we mentioned other players, and a guy like Micah Parsons on defense, two generational type players, in my opinion, you'd like to see him get a Super Bowl. and. I mean, Micah Parsons and Ceedee Lamb, it doesn't get too much better than that at those positions.
2: So, come on, Cowboys. Yeah. Come on, Dak. Come on, Dallas. Let this be the year. Now, leading in to that, would you take Ceedee Lamb if you were a late-round fantasy draft pick this year?
3: Oh, would I take C.D. Lamb?
2: He's been falling in drafts around that 10, 12 mark. He's ranked pretty high up on the board. I,
3: I would. I, you know, he, like I said, he, he puts up pretty good numbers. Now, is he a guy that's going to give you the most points? Probably not. Just because, like, pretty good other options. Right. And if there's one thing about the Cowboys is they don't go to one guy – Jack loves to spread the ball out. They spread the ball out. You're exactly right. And that brings me to my other point on the tight end position. I
2: think the tight end is important. Absolutely. And I mean, Travis Kelsey was arguably the MVP of fantasy last year. So, securing one of those top three tight ends, whether it's Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, if George Kittle could have a bounce-back season. But securing one of those really great tight ends is definitely yes. something that you need. I mean, TJ Hawkinson was great last year. Dallas Goddard had some moments throughout the season where he seemed to be a pretty reliable tight end option.
3: That's but, important. you got to have the guy that can... You know, you can take some pressure off the receivers, Right. a security blanket. Who do you think the Cowboys' top tight end option will be this year?
2: Well, I'm hearing a lot about Jake Ferguson. Last year, he was a rookie, and we had a very fun tight end group last season, and I think he's actually only going to be able to take a leap. Jake Ferguson was very versatile, and I loved. this is going to be a little bit of a stretch, but I did see actually a little bit of Travis Kelsey in his game, specifically Mm -hmm. when he got the ball, and then went over for the yards after catch. I mean, the dude gets the ball and he goes out and runs with it, which is something that the Cowboys haven't really had since. Hang on. Excuse me. I'm good. The Cowboys haven't had a tight end who loves to get out with the football since probably Jason Mm Witten. And, Jake Ferguson does that. I mean, he had a, a couple of highlight tapes last season. He was hurtling dudes. He is a pretty – he loves to be able to be on that line, get a block, and then find himself open for, in the flats for a decent chunk of yardage. But I love what Jake Ferguson did last year, and now he's going to have more touches as the, the tight end one of the offense. I think he's a really versatile guy, and I think he's an underrated guy that – people besides Cowboys fans don't really know about. I know we did draft Loon Shoemaker and he's been looking pretty good in training camp. I know he had an injury for a little bit and is just now making his training camp starts, but I've seen a lot of great things out of him. So, I think Ferguson, when the season starts, he's going to be the tight end one on the roster but I could see it being kind of a split just to see what we have in Shoemaker obviously we drafted him we're not going to not use him Um, but I do really like Jake Ferguson's overall upside especially as a pass catcher
3: staying on the topic of fantasy now two guys that we know will put up numbers in fantasy they're on the Kansas City Chiefs Amen Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey had some interesting comments after the Super Bowl last year basically Saying they were the underdog or something something to that effect. And well,
2: throughout the course of the season, obviously when they traded Tyree Kill, everyone, including myself, um, thought about how that are the Kansas City Chiefs going to be as good as they were? I mean, did a lot of people were wondering if Tyree Kill was what made Patrick Mahomes look so good in his first few right. seasons? People some people even had Kansas City missing the playoffs completely. Yeah. And a lot of people were not against We're not on the Chiefs' side going into last season.
3: I think that's fair. I think there's a little bit of merit to what he said. Obviously, when you lose a guy like Tyreek Hill, you're going to have some doubters because he was a huge part of that offense. But, man, to win a Super Bowl, losing one of your best players, that's impressive. And to do what they did, the Eagles were an incredible team last year. I hate to say it, but they were. And they stood up to the challenge, and they – Patrick Mahomes played out of his life. Travis Kelsey played out of his life. Heading into this season, though, I will never count out the Kansas City Chiefs, but do you give them a pretty decent shot to at least get back to the Super Bowl this year? Or if not, who do you think is going to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs?
2: Well, I do think when you have 15 as your quarterback that you're going to have a chance to be in the Super Bowl as long as he's around, and especially if Travis Kelsey is continuing to play the way that he did. The Chiefs didn't really lose a lot of people. They did lose some key pieces, specifically Frank Clark, and they actually lost their top tackle. They lost Orlando Brown Jr. to the Cincinnati Bengals, who that's huge if you're looking from the Bengals' perspective. Um, But in all all honesty, the Chiefs did a really great job of retaining most of Mm -hmm. their team that won them that Super Bowl last year. They still have... Their, their receiving core is a little iffy. You don't really have a true option. I mean, I think Kadarius Toney is going to be that starting option once we begin. But it's a very young receiving core. But I mean, Mahomes, we saw what he did last year with this core. I think they'll be fine. I mean, Mahomes threw for 5,000 yards last season. Yeah. And with and you got Kadarius Toney. Sky Moore's going into his sophomore season who we could be looking to take a leap. And Justin Ross has been very impressive At training camp. Now, the AFC West is an interesting division last year. I thought they were going to be the best division in football. Obviously, with the Raiders getting Devontae Adams and the Broncos acquiring Russell Wilson, and then both of those teams absolutely underperforming what expectations were set for them. I think the Chargers are someone to be on the lookout for, especially now that Herbert has gotten that big deal. We do know, as Cowboys fans, what Kellen Moore is going to bring into that system. So it's going to be interesting to see how that changes. I am hearing some good things, though. Keenan Allen is very ecstatic about what changes are being made to the offense. But I think if there's any team in the AFC that is poised to try and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I can't remember who said it, but someone said that there's only two quarterbacks who have beaten Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. It's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. and Joseph Lee Burrow, yeah, and as someone, and two, two really
3: good quarterbacks and only ones in the league right now. So, um,
2: as someone who grew up an LSU fan and watched every single snap of that 2019 LSU season, I am I love Joe Burrow so much, and for him to get Jamar Chase too was so amazing to see as a as someone who watched that season. But I think they're a team who's. Ready yeah. to dethrone them, if, if possible. I mean, they did it.
3: I think that's fair. I mean, didn't Burrow get kind of nicked up in practice or something? And-
2: Burrow uh, suffered a calf strain, and he's going to miss all of preseason. Week okay. one might be in jeopardy. We aren't so sure about what that is yet, but it seems like he may be missing week one at the most. Okay. So, I mean, especially for what happened on Burrow, it was a non-contact injury. So, for it to only be a calf strain where he'll miss preseason is – so much better than what you just
3: hope it's not something that kind of nags him. Absolutely, we saw we saw Mahomes get banged up last year in the playoffs, and you kind of thought, oh my gosh, or you know, is I thought it was over. Uh, is it over for the Chiefs? He uh, played
2: on one leg against the Jaguars. Yeah,
3: and you wonder. Obviously, he was able to play through it and win a Super Bowl last year. I mean, it's not like the guy didn't didn't play good, and and he obviously can play hurt, but. He, Kind of wonder about that uh, recovery process, how that's going, and if that's something that may pop up in the future.
2: Yeah, I think as long as – I mean, Burrow literally ripped his knee apart in year one towards mm-hmm. the end of the season, and he hasn't looked like he's been affected by okay. that. Yeah, Since that's I, a good point. That's I can't conf- point. Obviously, I'm not Joe Burrow, so I don't know what his body is telling him. I don't know how much that knee is yeah. affecting him to this day, but the year after he goes – to the Super Bowl, and the, and I think Burrow will be an MVP favorite this season. Um, and I do like obviously the addition of Orlando Brown Jr. because yeah. what has been such the biggest issue for the Cincinnati Bengals in the last few years, especially with Joe Burrow, is the offensive line. Especially that year they went to the Super Bowl. For he sure. was sacked. I think he was like seven or eight times against Tennessee. He was sacked like six times against the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, the offensive line. Uh, uh, my dad is very passionate on this. He says a quarterback is only Good as his offensive line is. And I think he's right about that because you need a good offensive line to stay healthy, to have time to make decisions. Because Tom Brady played 22 years with one big injury, it was the ACL. Because his offensive line was always so good.
3: Yeah. And something that just popped into my head real quick, we'll we'll talk about it and then wrap this up for sure. Uh, Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos, had a horrific season last year. And then they
2: go and get Sean Payton.
3: Yeah, they get Sean Payton. Obviously, we know Payton kind of took a shot at the previous coaching, well, previous head coach. And Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. um, Do you think you're going to see the... Denver Broncos specifically, Russell Wilson looked like his true self this year and yes. maybe come back to form. And not—I don't think anybody expects them to compete for the Super Bowl or, you know, dethrone the Chiefs necessarily. We know they're in the AFC West with the Chiefs. You see Russell Wilson, you know, looking like his his normal self this year and and it, and giving Mahomes something to worry about. We know Justin Herbert's in that division so there's a couple there's three good quarterbacks backs in that division Russell Wilson's gonna have to you know win a lot of people back this year because I think the perception of Russell Wilson is what happened last year did he I mean he didn't even look close to what he looked like in Seattle
2: yeah no I absolutely believe that we're gonna see a bounce back year from Russell Wilson and I think he's gonna win a lot of people back over Um Russell Wilson last year was just in a detrimental coaching situation. Okay. And yeah. I don't know what some people's perspective on coaching and schemes are, but a good quarterback needs a good coach. He needs a good scheme. And that was not available for first-year head coach Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos because that is a very talented roster. Yeah. And last year, whenever they fired him midseason, those last stretch of games, they were, out, they were putting up – Numbers. Russell Wilson looked great. Right. They won some football games. And it was... It's crazy what a head coach... How important a head coach is in yes. the NFL. And
3: That's great proof because, I mean, they weren't scoring... It seemed like they were scoring like maybe 12 points a
2: game. They were. Year. They were scoring very low. I mean, their their numbers were not great by any means. And then, like I said, they filed Hackett midseason. And they were putting up points. And yeah. they were putting up a lot of them. And they won a few games going into the final weeks of the season. But Sean Payton is a guy who worked with a smaller inside-the-pocket quarterback Mm -hmm. who is able to just dial it up from any level on the football field. And Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, Russell Wilson could be a Hall of Famer as well. I mean, he may already be one.
3: I think he is. I don't think last season did anything to help his Hall of Fame career, even though you just pointed out many reasons or one big reason
2: why it may not have even been his fault. Yeah. I I expect Denver to be back. And am I expecting them to be a playoff contender who could maybe reach the AFC Championship? My expectations aren't that high for Denver, but you know what? This is the NFL. Anything can happen. The mm -hmm. Cincinnati Bengals... Had the number five pick in the 2021 season and then made the Super Bowl. So at this point, it's it, this is the National Football League. Anything can happen on any given day. So when I look at the Denver Broncos, I look at a very talented roster. I look at guys like obviously Russell Wilson, but then in the receiving core, Jerry Judy, who is a fourth-year receiver as well out of Alabama, who was very speedy, who loves to have 50-50 balls, and in Corten in Sutton. I mean, both of those guys, especially from a from a small fantasy perspective, just were not valuable to a fantasy team at all. But they have so much value as players and they're very talented and they're going to even take a leap this year, in my opinion, as well.
3: Yeah, I think I think they're in good hands with Sean Payton. We know he's got a good track track record with New Orleans getting a Super Bowl there. Now he's paired with another Hall of Fame quarterback quarterback. I think we all agree that Russell Wilson has had a Hall of Fame career up until this point. He's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how the Broncos play this year. I I think last year was just totally out of the norm for Russell Wilson. I, I don't think he'll ever play that bad again.
2: And shout out to Geno Smith for exceeding all expectations. Oh, exactly. Exactly.
3: All right. That's going to do it. Christian Johnston and Tyler Glascon bringing you yet another ESPN Arkansas sit down.
1: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's
0: prior written consent.